Good morning. Thank you for joining us this morning as we come together and worship God through song and through his word. If you join me as we come together and sing. Good morning. Welcome as we worship uh, Jesus. Okay, this is what we celebrate, the, the manger scene behind us. This is the reason for the season, as we often say that catchy saying. And, and Jesus is the reason for us to celebrate, whether it's Christmas or, or January, February, March, April, or May. Okay, Jesus is the reason for us to celebrate the gift that God sent to us, and we can give thanks for that. We can give thanks that God has has seen our, our condition and sent His Son to be our Savior. So welcome if you're here in person, if you're online, we welcome you. We want you to worship with us. We want to praise God together. We want to study God's Word together. The only announcement that I will give you this morning, and it's on the Bible app, so if you've got the Bible app, you can look at that a little bit. Now you can look at it. Uh, you can look at it a little bit later. But we're still going to plan on having the Christmas Eve service, which is a candlelight service normally. It's not going to be candlelight. You're going to supply the light, whether, we, whether we're still able to do it in person or in, in person and online. One way or the other, we're going to do this 
And so I'm going to ask that you would supply the light and you'll understand it as we walk through that. So let's pray together. Father, we thank you for this day. Father, just pray that your um, mercy and grace would be upon us. Father, help us to find a solution to our condition. Help us to look to you, Father, for that answer. Father, we pray for those who are not well. Father, we pray for those that are working to, uh, to find an answer to this. And Father, just for our sister churches and our church, the same, Lord. Help us to be a light to this world, Lord, that needs more than a vaccine. Father, it needs to understand that Jesus Christ died for their sins, and the only hope that we have truly is in Him. Thank you. In Jesus' name, amen.
darkness whose love is mighty and so much stronger the king of glory the king above all kings who shakes the whole earth with holy thunder who leaves us breathless in awe and wonder the king of glory the king above all kings thank you. We love you. We just want to lift up our voices, lift up um, our attention only to you and to give you the glory that only you deserve. I pray that as Pastor Coach shares this message that uh, we will see you more clearly, we'll draw closer to you, and we'll just continue to see the love that you, uh, that you bestowed upon us and the grace that you're constantly giving us. And we just thank you, dear God. We love you so much. In your name we pray. 
All right, good morning. It is, it is good to be with you today. Uh, notice I have the iPad. We're doing a little things a little bit different today. It's time to celebrate the birth. And what I want to go back to is into Matthew chapter 1. Uh, I know that you guys, if you're following the Have You Read thing, you've read John's explanation of the birth, and, uh, and it's a wonderful story. Matthew, of course, takes a different approach. And Matthew writes to a, a highly Jewish audience and so he's going to begin with what we call the genealogy. And it's the part with a bunch of names, that we not, not all of them that we can pronounce. Now, I want to say this about that. We have Malachi. If you're in the Old Testament, you flip back a page there, you see Malachi. You've got to study Bible. You have to flip back more than one page. But when you flip back, Malachi represents the last time that God spoke to his people prior to Jesus' coming. So understand that Malachi didn't end on Friday and Jesus came on Monday. There is a long period of time between Malachi delivering the message that God gave him and the birth of Christ. It's what we call the silent years. It's what we call the silent years. If you go back throughout the, 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 the Scripture there and you look, there's a period of time when we, God raised up the prophets and we can see God speaking through the prophets. There's a little gap there when Manasseh was king because he was an evil king. There's a little bit of gap there from, I think it's Isaiah to, um, or, yeah, Isaiah to uh, Zephaniah, I believe. Don't quote me on that. Don't use that as a, as a trivia answer until you first verify that, all right? So as you look at that, we understand that there's this period where God doesn't seem to be doing anything. What we call that's what we equate with the silent years. God hasn't spoken, so God took a couple hours off. Is that how we is that how we view that? Uh, where is God in the midst of that? I think today, as we deal with the issues that we're dealing with, the same question might be said of us. We ask, where is God in the midst of all that's going on? I, I will say that you may have friends that are not believers. And if you've had a conversation with them lately and you said God is at work, they might have said to you, what do you mean God's at work? The world has fallen apart. The whole world is, is captured by this disease, by this COVID, by the, the, the death, right? Uh, our country is in turmoil. Where is God? You tell me that God exists. Where is God? It seems, that, it seems to them that God is silent. So let's pick it up here in the first chapter of Matthew. We're going to start in the very first verse. I'm going to read the 17 verses here and, and, and see what we find. The record of the genealogy of Jesus, the Messiah, the son of David, the son of Abraham. Abraham was the father of Isaac, Isaac the father of Jacob, and Jacob the father of Judah and his brothers. Judah was the father of Perez, and Zerah by Tamar. Perez was the father of Hezron, and Hezron 
the father of Ram. Ram was the father of Aminadab, Aminadab the father of Nashon, and Nashon the father of Salmon. Salmon was the father of Boaz by Rahab. Boaz was the father of Obed by Ruth, and Obed the father of Jesse. Jesse was the father of David the king. David was the father of Solomon by Bathsheba, who had been the wife of Uriah. Solomon was the father of Rehoboam. Rehoboam the father of Abijah, and Abijah the father of Asa. Asa was the father of Jehoshaphat. Jehoshaphat the father of Joram, and Joram the father of Uzziah. Uzziah was the father of Jotham, Jotham the father of Ahaz, and Ahaz the father of Hezekiah. Hezekiah was the father of Manasseh, Manasseh the father of Ammon, Ammon the father of Josiah. Josiah became the father of Jeconiah and his brothers at the time of the deportation to Babylon. After the deportation to Babylon, Jeconiah became the father of Shethel, Shethel was the father of Zerubbabel. Zerubbabel was the father of Abahad. Abahad the father of Eli Akim. And Eli Akim the father of Azar. Azar was the father of Zadok. Zadok the father of Achim. And Achim the father of Eliud. Eliud was the father of Eleazar. Eleazar the father of Mathan. And Mathan the father of Jacob. Jacob was the father of Joseph, the husband of Mary, by whom Jesus was born, who is called the Messiah. So all the generations from Abraham to David are 14 generations. From David to the deportation to Babylon, 14 generations. And from the deportation to Babylon, to the Messiah, 14 generations. That was really interesting reading, wasn't it? You know, we just read off a bunch of names, and some of those I even pronounced right. And you're going through there and, and, and you're saying, so why did we read that? Why did God think to include that? Well, one, God wants to reach the Jewish people, right? God wants to reach those people that he called, those people that he delivered out of Egypt and made into a nation to be a light to the world. So it's evident that they need to understand, right, that Jesus, this Messiah, isn't just somebody off the street. He is the lineage from Abraham all the way through David to now. So they need to understand that. For you and I, we look at it and, and we're just happy He's Jesus. We're happy that Jesus was born, the Son of God, for God so loved the world that He gave His only begotten Son. We're happy that God gave His Son. We're not so concerned about the lineage I mean, it's, you know, I, I am concerned when I look back at it and understand that he fulfilled the scriptures. But when I'm first being introduced to Jesus, I don't really care where he, you know, I, God sent him. He's God's son. He was born of a virgin. He was born in a manger. The, the shepherd showed up. The angels announced that the shepherd showed up. And later on, the wise man showed up. And then he grew and he died on the cross for our sins. And what's more important is that he was risen from the dead. That's what I care about. That he died for my sins. Again, I come back you know, and ask that question. Why is this lineage? What, what light does it have for you and I 
to understand. What does it, what, how, does, how does the lineage of Christ, these names, many of whom we don't know, never heard of before unless we read it here, how do these names intersect with our life today? Because what we want to do anytime we read the Scripture is we want to figure out, when I look at that, how can I look at that Word of God and, and, and think on it and dwell on it and allow the Holy Spirit to work in my life and then go out and live differently in such a manner that it increases my faith, increases my closeness, increases the, the walk that I'm on so I'm walking on the right path. It corrects maybe the error that I'm in before I get too far off, right? We start when we walk in and we walk this way a little bit, we're not very far off. But if we proceed, the longer we proceed in the wrong path, the further away we get from the path that God wants us on. So what I want to do is I want to read the Scripture I want to look at the Scripture. I want to read that. I want to think on that. And then I want it to, if I need corrected, I want it to bring me back to the center of the path that I need to walk with God. And so, as I read these names off, how's it going to do that? That's a tall task, right? Let's talk about the names. Name recognition. When we rattled through those names, I, I'm going to guess if you've been in Sunday school, you've been in church for any period of time, some of these names rang a bell. So for those of you who, who are not, this is new to you, you're watching online and you, you're not a student of the Bible, but you want to hear about it, let's walk through these names and kind of give you an overview of who they were as we work our way towards Jesus. So the first name that we see there in the lineage is, of course, Abraham. It, you know, to, to those of us who have been in Sunday school when we were little years ago, it was a song, Father Abraham, Father Abraham, and, you know, and, and so forth. We sang that song. Abraham is the one that God called out and said, I, and he's old. He and his wife are past childbearing age, and, he, and, and God says to him, your descendants are going to be like the sand on the seashore, the stars in the sky. In other words, you can't count and 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 so that's a promise that he gives to an old guy that doesn't have any kids. And it comes true, right? Because the descendants are many. There's sand on the seashore. He can't count them. His son Isaac. All right, we, the, Isaac was the one that he was going to offer up. God stepped in there, so we get to see that story unfold. Isaac plays a part in the story. Then Jacob who had Jacob's the father, Israel is what his name eventually became, and the father of the twelve sons, and the Joseph story, and so forth. We walk through that. And then Boaz, and Obed, and Rahab, and Ruth, it, it, they're part of, a story, part of a bigger story. If you've read the book of Ruth, it's only four chapters, not a long sto story, but you'll see Ruth in there, and, and, and so you'll see that story unfold. So that's a connection there. Rahab. Rahab figures in when God delivered the people out. Moses, right, called Moses, raised Moses up. Moses delivered the people out. And when they went to, uh, when, the, when Moses hands it over uh, to Joshua, Joshua, of course, marches across the Jordan River. They camp, and the first city they take is Jericho. Rahab is the harlot who has the spies that Joshua sent in. She figures into the story. And then Jesse, of course, is 
um, figures in because he's the father of David. And the, the story of, of going to, to Jesse, one of your sons is going to be the next king. He's going to be the king that replaces Saul. And who is that? And he prays all the sons. It must be the son. It must be the son. And David, who's out shepherding, he's the one that becomes king. We read that story. David becomes the king by which all other kings are measured. I mean, he, he, he finishes the job that Saul did, started. Saul brought together the people, but David makes the kingdom even greater. David is the one who, who I said already, he's the measuring stick for the rest of them. Either they followed God as David did, or they did not. David became David's relationship with God became the measuring stick for every king that would come after. Solomon was his son, and Solomon was the one who got to build a temple. What a beautiful story of the dedication of the temple. He was wise beyond anyone else on earth at that time. And 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 so he figures in that story. Then Hezekiah is one of the grandsons down the line, right? Hezekiah Hezekiah is one of my favorite kings. Hezekiah has Sennacherib, king of the, the Assyrian army, march against him, surround the city. He's undefeated. And, and Hezekiah takes the letter, lays it before God, prays, and God takes away the enemy. Another cool story. Manasseh is the son that follows. And he's evil. Longest reign in the southern kingdom. Longest reign in the southern kingdom. And he's an evil king. Some of the story, if you read it, it looks like he turned back to God, which is great. Remember Josiah. Josiah, the boy king, restored the worship that had went away under Manasseh. Cleaned out the temple, found the book of the law, and read it. These are the names that we read in this lineage. These are the names that we read in this lineage. When was God at work? That's a question that I want to ask. When was God at work? Well, evidently, he was at work when Abraham was around, right? He was, a, he was at work when Isaac, because he stopped Abraham from offering up Isaac. So God is at work there. God is at work in Jacob. God is at work in, on down through the, the kings. He's at work during David's reign. You can see that God spoke to David. And David spoke to God. Solomon same thing, Solomon, God, God comes to Solomon and speaks to him. We get to see that. God spoke to Hezekiah, or Hezekiah spoke to God, and God answered. God was at work there. God was at work in Josiah's time. But here's the question that I want you to think about. Because we see God at work, and it's recorded for us in history, but all of a sudden, as they go into the deportation, the names become unfamiliar until you get to Joseph and Mary because they're in our manger scenes. Those names are just names that we read and, and we really don't recognize them. And, and to be honest with you, there's nothing recorded about them other than here. They're just part of the lineage. During the silent years, during the silent years, God was at work. Now I want you to, 
I want to frame this a little bit. If you've paid attention, if, if you're on Facebook, and many of you are watching on Facebook, you've seen the thing where somebody's posted about, at the darkest time of the year, God sent His Son. Right? God sent His Son. When we start to read the lineage names off, there are names that we recognize because of their greatness. Abraham is the one that starts it out, right? I mean, his name is great. And, and, and we, see, we see what God did during Abraham's time. We go from, you know, we trace Jesus' lineage back to Abraham. What a, what a wonderful thing to be part of that lineage. Then we walk through and we see God continue to be at work. And then we, we walk, you know, it, it starts out with Abraham. And then we walk through king after king after king. I mean, that's the lineage of Jesus Christ. When we expect God to work is when we see God at work the most, right? That's when we expect to see God. Why doesn't God send His Son when His dad's a king? Do you realize that as we fade through that, that we end the lineage of Jesus with two nondescript teenagers from Nazareth? That's where we end the story at. That's where we end the lineage before, we, before Matthew turns to the birth of Christ, which we'll read about. But we end with two in the lineage. Talking about the great, the, the, the God's Son, the King of Kings. His mom and dad are not royalty. His mom and dad are not even prominent in, in, in Nazareth. They're pretty much nobodies in town. But God speaks to them and God brings forth our answer. The answer to our brokenness. God burst forth from the nothingness, the nondescript, and gives us His Son, Jesus Christ. God didn't do that at a time when we'd expect it. God did it at a time when we weren't even looking. They were looking for the Messiah. But as we read through the story, apparently they weren't looking very hard, were they? They weren't following the lineage. Oh, the next baby could be the king. They weren't looking for that. We're going to read the story of, of the, 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 the foreigners. They're actually the ones going to come looking for the king because they missed him. Every name, every year, every generation in that lineage, God was at work sending His Son. You, really, you know, when we're reading through the lineage and, it, and it's, we're reading off names, that we're just trying to get through it until we can get to the birth, right? We're, just, we're checking it off because if we're going to read the Bible through, we've got we to gotta read this. It's not that interesting, but I'm going to read it so I can check that off the box so I can get to the good stuff, the birth, right? That's what I read. I want to read about the wise man, and then I want to read about Jesus' ministry, etc. Do you understand when you read through the lineage, 
when you read through that lineage, every name, every year that's represented, every generation that's represented there, God wasn't off on vacation at any point in that. God was at work. God knew man would sin. God had a plan from the beginning. God wasn't scrambling around like, oh, uh, David didn't work, Solomon didn't work, and i got to come up with another plan. Abraham didn't work. God had a plan all the way through that lineage. It was the same at the beginning as it is at the end. God was bringing His Son. Every name, every generation, every year represents that God is at work. Even when the Scriptures go silent, when there is no Malachi, when there is no angel pronouncing the birth of Jesus Christ, God was at work bringing about His plan. God was at work bringing about His plan. Every year, how does this connect with my life? Because the birth is done past, right? Every year, every generation, from Abraham till the future, God is sending His Son back. You see, when it doesn't look like God is at work, it may be the very time that God is, God is doing much more than you and I can see. God is working out His plan because someday the Scripture records for us, it records the, the birth, it records the death of Jesus, it records the burial of Jesus, it records the resurrection of Jesus, and it records that He will be back. Paul says to us, what Paul says to us, the trump will sound. The dead in Christ shall rise. Then we which are alive and remain, who belong to Him, who believed on Jesus Christ as our Lord and Savior, will fly. Will fly. I don't understand God's plan. I don't understand I'm going to fly. But I know because He said it, it's going to happen. It's going to happen. So God even in the midst of this worldwide crisis, as we scramble to try to find an answer on our own, rather than turn back to God and repent, we look other places. God is at work. And God is at work in bringing what? His Son back. In bringing into place a new heaven and a new earth. That means that you and I have to be ready because God is at work. We have to be ready for His return. We have to be ready for that new heaven and that new earth. We have to help our friends, the people that we run into, our neighbors, our fellow, our, our co-workers at work. We have to help them understand that even though they can't see God at work, even though they question that God is at work, read them the genealogy. And they'll look at you like you're crazy. But then remind them that God had a plan in place. God was bringing His Son. And even today, even today, as we look around, God is at work. God is bringing His Son back. At the time when we may not expect it, the trump will sound. How can our name be listed among those who are part of the redemption story? I, I, want, I want, if we're going to list names as part of this redemption story, 
Because guess what? I'm a fellow heir of Christ. I belong to the family. If you know Jesus Christ, you belong to the family. Our name, if the lineage is going to continue that Matthew records, our name is in there. And when, when that name is read, I don't want you to wonder how it got there. Because what I want to do is I need to be proclaiming the redemption story. I want to be the one like Abraham or David that pops out there and you see that they walked with God. I hope that you want to be part of that story. Maybe today as you're watching or you're here, you don't know Christ. It's as simple as confessing your sins. It's what we call being born again, confessing your sins. Acknowledging Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior and accepting Him as your Lord and Savior. For the rest of us, it means going out and tell a story. Being a light to the world and proclaiming the Gospel. Let's pray. Father, we thank You for Your Word. Father, we thank You that even in the Word that doesn't seem to be applicable to our lives, Father, that You help us to understand that You are at work. Father, You work in our lives. Father, You want us to follow You. You want us to be a light to the world. You want us to share the message of hope. Father, I pray that at this time, Lord, when the world needs hope, that, Father, we might be that light and they might see that. And Father, they might answer, ask the question and we might have the answers to that. In Jesus' name, Amen.
So, I want to give you this. Let's read together. Okay, Acts 27 through 28. You're going to finish up the book of Acts. You're going to read Psalms 89 through 92. Proverbs 18. And then read, continue to read the book of John. What a beautiful book. And you'll be challenged by the words that you find there. So,